Cult Hackers and welcome to the podcast. I'm Celine, a media graduate with an interest in cults. And I'm her dad. I'm Stephen Mather. I'm these days. I'm an organisational psychologist, and uh, I used to be in a cult. I grew up in a cult. I left when I was about thirty. Welcome to the show, everybody. Right. Okay. How what have you been doing tonight, then, Celine? Before we we start with our topic. Long day at the day job. Um, tip tapping away at that desk. You know, it is a hard life. Um, and then had the spiciest i was gonna say curry because it's normally curry but no this was just a tomato sauce that spicy meatballs and seven bird's eye chilies went into that sauce seven yeah i was salivating (laughs) i put loads of cheese on it it helped me like parmigiano (laughs) but yeah yeah thomas will be he will be caveating that it was to make extra so it's full leftovers as well so it's Two big the, batches of food yeah big batches yeah. but it was still an extraordinary amount actually i'm still recovering <laughs> it's good for you how about you? you uh well i i ate my cabbage soup um so i'm on the cabbage soup diet now are you actually <laughs> yeah actually okay. uh, I, i'll feel, talk about it another doesn't time doesn't feel very nutrient dense does it well it is i'll Let's not get into it. But anyway, yeah, so oh, no. I've had that. It's not doesn't sound as nice as what you've had. But I was also watching um The Curse of Skinwalker Ranch. Have mm. you seen that, Celine? No, because of course I haven't. <laughs> so uh, the Curse Skinwalker Ranch. There's a whole series of the Skinwalker Ranch things on I think it's the History Channel. Um so I would say the weirdest think, channel on the on the uh the history, history channel. channel. History mm. channel, yeah. Let's just reflect on that. <laughs> um yeah, think a- ancient aliens, but with middle-aged men playing with rockets and pretending to do science is okay. basically what I saw. Mm-hmm. Um so uh, they, they found this place in this place called Skinwalker Ranch where they think paranormal stuff happens. So they got some big chuffing great rockets um fired them up in the air and were taking measurements uh of what was happening because they think that there's something paranormal going on but okay. i think it was just an excuse for all of them were, were guys all of them sort of middle-aged just having great fun with these rockets really and pretending to sit around a table and talk about something seriously but anyway. see rockets isn't where i was thought that was gonna go i'll be honest yeah. with you mm. but there we go I mean, I'm sure it's not always about rockets, but that episode was. Um, Mm -hmm. Anyway, that isn't the topic for today, although um, there might be some relevance. Uh, Okay, so what what is our actual topic for today then, Sling? Well, you've very giddily, very excitedly said that you want to do UFOs, and I've said, yeah, all right then. All right then. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So So let's see where this goes. Okay. Strap in, folks. Strap in. This is one of those episodes where it reminds me a bit of the KLF one I did with Riley going back um, a year and a half ago. Um, this is similar sort of thing, which just I kind of got my shovel out and went down a massive great rabbit hole. Um, so, you know, there you go. That's what's happened. Um, I'm going to tell you what I found. Uh, but uh, there is some relevance. So back in May 26th, 2021, if you want to go and check that episode out. So back in, you know, over two years ago, we did an episode called Aliens and UFOs, where we discussed what would happen to fundamentalist Bible groups like Jehovah's Witnesses if there came to be sort of 
undeniable proof of the existence of aliens and particularly that they were visiting us um and i think i enjoyed that episode because i think it is quite an interesting question and there's been one or two things said on twitter um i refuse to call it x by the way um a few things on twitter and um threads um which have kind of related to uh, Jehovah's Witnesses talking about this and even the society talking about this. So I think it is something that's on people's minds. You can bet mm-hmm. your life there will be Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, obviously my old religious group. Um, there will be people, Jehovah's Witnesses around the country, around the world, talking about this over the dinner table and what it means if it is found that there are um, there is alien life and that they've visited us. Because the assumption will be that they will be Jehovah's Witnesses. Just just think about that. They will be serving Jehovah because he is the God of the universe. So any evidence to the contrary of that will be difficult for them. Uh, and you know what it means if they are not uh, followers of Jehovah? Well, they're followers of Satan. They'll be demons, they'll be. Ah, cool, yeah. right. So, um, but I don't think Jehovah's Witnesses are alone. I don't imagine yeah. Well, maybe they have gotten that far. Maybe that is literally a conversation happening right now. It just sounds so bizarre, doesn't it? But... That will be happening. Honestly, I can I can guarantee it. Mm. I can absolutely guarantee it. I mean, we had those conversations mm. when I was a Jehovah's Witness. Um, but there's been things happening. And since our last podcast, more things have happened. So I couldn't resist it talking about this topic. If you are not interested in this topic at all as listeners, dear listeners, then, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry. Um, but we've got, a big, we've got a big <laughs> archive now of other episodes, you know, so um, you can check out something else. But I, I do think it is relevant for the reasons that I've mentioned, but it's also very interesting. I think it's actually a story um, about okay it's about ufos but it's also about religion it's about belief it's about sort of cultic tendencies it's how as a society we evaluate evidence and how maybe that's changed a bit over the years it's why we believe what we do um and how that affects our judgment it's about the role of media um it's about popular takes on conspiracy theories and and more so actually it's a really it is a really relevant question and it's i think it sits sits very well so do you want me to give you a bit of a a kind of review of where we got to um just to remind people of what sort of happened so when you say what sort of happened do you mean what we talked about last time or do you mean like yeah what's happening now just sort of review what happened because it's a continual story so kind of a bit like when you're watching a serial a series on tv they'll show mm. you know this is what happened in the previous episode i think we probably need to do a bit of that because yeah, sure. that that will give us some um background mm-hmm. so um i think the reason we talked about it in may of 2021 was because there was a release of a u.s government report into unexplained phenomena so we started looking at it and it got in the news and we we obviously got interested well when i say we i probably mean me mm-hmm. um so when we did the recording, about three years before, this guy called Luis Elizondro. Hi, editor Stephen here. As I was editing this, I noticed that during this discussion, I seemed incapable of getting this guy's name right. For the record, the pronunciation is Luis Elizondo. 
My apologies for all the mistakes. Um, turned up, claiming to be the former director of a Pentagon project called ATIP. So ATIP stands for, so, you know, you're going to have to, um, there's lots of acronyms in this episode. <laughs> in fact, I might do a glossary of ac- acronyms on the show notes because it's so ridiculous. Um, so ATIP stands for Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. So Luis Elizondo said he was the director of this program. He claimed that he'd resigned from this role and was now effectively blowing the whistle on the reality of UFOs and UAP. UAP is the kind of new term, which stands for Unidentified Aerial Phenomena or Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena, depending on sort of where you heard it first. And by the way, it's driving me bonkers. How can you have UAPs? You can have UAP, but they keep saying UAPs. Even in Congress, they talked about UAPs. How can you have US UAPs if it's unidentified aerial phenomena? Where does the plural S come from? Well, phenomena is plural. Phenomenon is the singular. So UAPs means is meaningless. It's been driving me mad. And anyway. <laughs> that's by the by i might take that bit out um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway so that's what that means so quick review Luis elizondro says i was the previous director of this program called atip um there was also a new york article written about this we had a 60 minutes interview with him and with two navy pilots and with another couple of people um, one of those was with a couple of Navy pilots who reported this Tic Tac thing, which was like a windowless cylinder craft that mm. performed unbelievable feats of aeronautics uh, without any obvious means of propulsion. Uh, we were also shown other videos um, and it was from the cameras that they used to target things. So they, they weren't great photographs or, or film, but they were moving images. And there was one that was sort of looked a bit like a spinning top that's you know you can check it out on on the internet you'll see it all over the place and i think at the time we felt something important might be happening um and of course we we were interested because if like tomorrow it is announced that we now know there is uh, we are being visited then of course that has implications for religions for cultic groups who have their own worldviews and so on so we were interested and i personally have always been interested in the topic i'm a big mm-hmm. fan of, of flying saucers um i've always liked it i love the old films uh the black and white films and everything i just love i find it really exciting and interesting anyway so so nothing happened really for a couple of years um until this guy turns up called david grush he claims to be a senior guy in the pentagon who had access to information that proved that we not only knew about UFOs, but that we'd also recovered craft of some sort. And he's a bit he's a bit ambiguous about exactly what we're recovering, but we'd recovered bodies of some sort. He doesn't really call them aliens. He doesn't actually want to call them aliens. He refers to other dimensions. He does a sit-down interview with a, an Australian... Um, reporter but working for news nation which is a kind of new news station 
this guy is called Ralph Coulthard. Um, so he does a sit-down interview with him. That goes on for about half an hour. Um, some of his stories like fascinating and others, it's kind of a bit baffling. Um, he admits that he's not actually seen these aliens himself, but it's what he's been told. Um, he has no document documentation to show us, no photographs to show us. Um, and a lot of what he's talking about is, is coming from people talking to him. Still, he seems quite a senior guy. He he seems quite credible. Everybody says that his credentials are absolutely all top notch. Um, at the same time, so I'm sort of bringing it up to date now. This is where we are now. At the same time, I think about a year ago, maybe a bit longer, the government, US government, forms something called Arrow, A-A-R-O, led by a Dr. Kirkpatrick. Dr. Kirkpatrick is leading this thing called Arrow, A-A-R-O, which is the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. As we talk, um, and just before the hearing that we're going to talk about, they've already had um, some sort of uh, report, and they have said, basically, we've got nothing. So they've said, we've got nothing really that tells us what these things are. And I think everybody accepts that there's something that we don't understand about some of these sightings. So I think everybody kind of gets that. But they've, they're saying there's no evidence that they are actually aliens visiting us. Um, but unlike in previous times when this topic has been raised, this time Congress, the US Congress, gets interested and starts taking it seriously. And also, like everything else... Um, this is bipartisan, so it's not just the Republicans or the Democrats. This is um, across the House. So they have a House of Representatives committee, uh, which happened on Wednesday, the 26th of July. So it's very, very up to date. I sat and watched this, um, the whole thing. I sat and watched it with absolute fascination. Questions were asked by many different representatives, including Tim Burchett, Eric Burleson, Jared Moscovich, Anna Paulina Luna, Matt Gates, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. So a big, wide sort of representation. You don't often get Matt Gates and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez sat kind of near each other asking the same question. Um, and the witnesses in that hearing were David Grush, the guy I've already talked about. Another guy called David Fravor. David Fravor is one of the Navy pilots that I've mentioned already that saw the Tic Tac. Um, and Ryan Graves, who's also reported a lot on this, he's a retired Navy pilot whose team, when he was active, his team reported daily sightings of UFOs. And they were seeing them every day. And the ones they reported were like grey cubes, dark grey cubes um, in a sphere, clear sphere. Um, which sounds really bizarre. So I watched the whole thing and very, very interesting. So, okay, I've talked to you enough, Celine. What do you think about all of that? And what's your what's your initial thoughts? Mm -hmm. um, so I suppose in terms of what I've actually heard through the media grapevine, you only said you'd talk about this, wasn't completely surprised in the sense that I have seen some stuff floating around, but my side of it, in terms of I don't really know any of the specifics all I've seen is people talking about dimensions <laughs> so when you just said about that people have been like the proof is because they're an extra dimensional being and they're leaving 
like evidence that only they could leave. So I'm like, okay, I don't know what's going on there. No context for that. Just watching people talk about like if we as like what are we like three dimensional beings? If we went to a two dimensional beings world and like flipped the hat around, they could never do that. So that would be proof that we've been there. And like they're trying to explain it like that, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> and then the other thing is it's just loads of TikToks of American people being like basically making jokes about how America's completely unbothered that there's aliens because like the world's on fire and no one cares. Basically that's all I've seen. And I'm just like, something's happening. <laughs> yeah. Actually the response has been really interesting. Yeah. It's um, been like, basically yeah. everyone's like totally unbothered. <laughs> and they're just like, well, if there's aliens, there's aliens, but my rent is high, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Can the aliens bring down the rent prices? That's the big question. You know? Will it cause a housing crisis? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. 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 That's a that's a good point. Yeah, that I, literally seems to be like the Gen Z slash millennial response on TikTok to it. It's just okay. Um, is that going to create another recession? <laughs> no. Really. Yeah. Fair enough. Good question. Mm. All good questions. Yeah. But yeah, so um, this is the first time I'm hearing a lot of this. So you know. Um... Okay, so what what I thought I'd do is, um, so I, I obviously I listened to the hearing and then I got a transcript of it. <laughs> Glorious! You see, you're very in it. I'm I'm Don't here just with obsessed, the I'm here with the Gen Z millennials wondering if it can do anything positive to my rental prices. You know. <laughs> so I'll I'll just give you a bit of an overview of the actual hearing itself. Um, I've got some quotes that sort of tell the story. The main points for me that came out of it. So what I try to do when I'm listening to something like this is really listen really, really closely to what is actually said. Um, most people will just get the clips that the news shows give them. But I want, really wanted to listen to the whole thing and really get a sense for it and really listen to what's said and how it's said and what questions are asked and what questions are answered and how they're answered. So that's what I'm trying to do with this. Um, for me, the main points that came out of it were that there were claims about ufos okay we've had those claims before there are actually very few new claims about the ufos actually we heard nothing new um but it was on the record so you could say that well that's good that the government's now paying attention and it's on the record claims about recovered biologics so this is a word most people don't use biologics this is a really grim word yeah I dislike and, it <laughs> We're going to talk about what that means. And I think there's something something strange about that. Um, and I don't mean in a do-do-do-do-do-do-do sort of way. I mean in a um, lack of clarity. But anyway, we'll come back to that. Claims of a cover-up. So there's some of that comes out. Um, there's a very practical thing that I think in some respects is probably the most important bit that comes out of it. The most boring bit is the lack, current lack of reporting procedures. So um, I think that's likely to be changed as a result of this hearing. So that's got to be a good thing. So if, you, if you're a pilot and you see something, there should be a really clear way to report it without any comeback on you. And there hasn't been that so far. So that, oh, that yeah, sounds like just, a really good thing. Not just in a alien way but in a, if in your country you see something that shouldn't be there you should probably be able to get that understood absolutely it's quite dangerous if not yeah and and it seems like the the sort of um stigma attached to saying i've seen the ufo means that 
pilots are not reporting things. And even when they do report things, it damages their credibility and their career. There's a lot of jokes made about it and it might even get in their way um, of moving up the ladder sort of thing. So yeah, that's a problem. So it sounds like that's a really good thing that's been addressed. Sort of linked to that is the threats to people about coming forward. Um, that was addressed. And then there's the secret programs and misappropriation of funds, which I would say was one of the biggest areas that Congress was worried about. Because obviously millions, um, billions of dollars goes into the um, the US uh, military funding. And there's a lot of concern about how that's spent. Um, so we had Ryan Graves. Um his reporting in the actual, so I'm going to focus mostly on the David Grush stuff, but just very briefly, Ryan Graves, he talks about um, following a, an upgrade of radar equipment on their fighters. They started to notice things on the radar that they hadn't seen before. So they had an upgrade and that started to flag up things they hadn't seen. Also, pilots kept reporting seeing these cubes in clear spheres. I think they said about five feet in diameter. Could be wrong with that. Um and they would actually discuss these regularly. So daily they would say, yes, we've seen some again. And they would talk about them because they they posed a threat just simply bumping into them. You know, if you're if you're flying a jet, you don't do not want to be hitting anything um, that's in the air. So there was some Did genuine concern. Hit? Not no. that I'm aware of, no. Um and so so that's really where that was his testimony. Talked a, a little bit about that. And he's got some organization that he set up that is around safety particularly so you know legitimate concern david favor is the other guy that i mentioned before he's the tic tac guy he was there he talked about his experiences again basically saying the same things that he said before um seemed very credible and um you know i would believe that guy um doesn't necessarily mean that what he's seeing is aliens and in a way he's not making any claims about that he's just saying what he saw this tic tac could do things this thing could do things that he didn't didn't believe we could do um currently so that, that's quite compelling um david grush repeated his claims from his interview the thing is with his um and i will focus on his his testimony um whenever he was asked for specifics naming names times companies involved he kept saying he couldn't answer this in public but he could do so if a skiff was set up what's a skiff <laughs> yeah so skiff i had to look it up it's a sensitive compartmented information facility they just love their acronyms in the military don't they? even that by the time you finish saying it i don't remember what the first <laughs> word was i literally have forgotten what the first part of that yeah. acronym was sensitive compartment basically it's just a room where they don't let you take your phone in and it's sweeped for any possibility that anybody could listen in so it's a completely secure room essentially mm -hmm. but they have to obviously set that up so yeah. basically he wouldn't say anything interesting and that he hadn't already said before um in front of but what's the, public. the point in doing a skiff then if it's not going to go anywhere or do anything what's the point well the, the point is is that the Congress men and women will know, and mm -hmm. obviously then they can take it further if they need to. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I think that the main concerns about security around this area, so we're told, so, you know, some ufologists, if I can use that term, 
uh, would say this is all to keep everything secret and so on. Um, I think some of the concerns are that if you start saying, oh, we could see this and we could see that, but we couldn't tell this and we couldn't tell that, then that gives um, the US's enemies a bit of a clue as to what their equipment can do or not, you know. Um, so I think that's that's the reason why there's some sensitivities. But And also, the other thing that I, I haven't mentioned is David Grush had his um what he was going to say on his interview and i guess then subsequently on this hearing he had it cleared by the military in terms of what you can say and what you can't say so he he had some restrictions about what he could say okay so he made a couple of opening statements or remarks and i'll just give you a few of those he says, my testimony is based on information I have been given by individuals with a long-standing track record of legitimacy and service to this country, many of whom also shared compelling evidence in the form of photography, official documentation and classified oral testimony. He then says, I was informed in the course of my official duties of a multi-decade UAP crash retrieval and reverse engineering program to which I was denied access. So your reaction to, to that. So what, just say the last sentence again. What was he refused access to? So he was informed in the course of his official duties of a multi-decade UAP crash retrieval and reverse engineering programme. So basically this is finding... So this is the way that, that most people will read this. And, and I think this is how it's um, it comes across. Basically, we're, we're finding spaceships, flying saucers, whatever, however mm. you want to describe them. And we are reverse engineering what's, uh, what's driving them. And or at least we're trying to, to get an edge on, you know, mm. everybody else. So that's basically mm -hmm. what you're saying. Um, yeah so um that's that's well, the main has this been confirmed or denied <laughs> well yeah i mean there's uh, basically it's all denials at the moment mm -hmm. and um mm -hmm. you know this is i guess where the question is is you know on the one hand you've got him saying this stuff and on the other hand you've got the official saying no there's that's not true or there's no evidence of that i think part of the part of the the suspicion is that within any sort of military organization and the intelligence organization everything is very compartmentalized so one one part of the pentagon might know about this and another part might not and i think this is the suspicion that that you know this is why we don't know what's going on um yeah so what i wanted to do is is just talk about some of these main topics um one of the main areas was um oversight and so i'm going to read you a bit of an exchange here that related to this. So this is from a Democrat, uh, Moscovich. He says, Mr. Grush, as a result of your previous government work, have you met with people with direct knowledge or have direct knowledge yourself of non-human origin craft? Grush says, yes, I personally interviewed those individuals. Okay, so that's pretty, he's answered the question there. So basically, have you met with people who've got knowledge of this stuff he says yes i have moscovich says mr grush as a result of your previous government work have you met with people with direct knowledge or have direct knowledge yourself about advanced technologies that the u.s government has 
Grush says, based on conventional advanced tech, I was briefed to the preponderance of the defense departments, both space and aerospace compartments of programs. Yeah. What do you make of that? It's such like hard to like follow, isn't it? It's, I don't... It's, it's, <laughs> it's like word salad as far as I'm yeah, concerned. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. So um, I think what Moscovich is asking is, do you have direct knowledge about advanced technologies that the government has? Yeah, I understand yeah. the question, but I don't yeah. understand and the Grush response. And is basically saying, yeah, he does, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that in itself doesn't say anything about aliens, does it? Mm. Advanced, no, no, advanced no. technologies could be well, just... Well, half the point that... is, isn't it, surely that you don't want people to know what level of technology you've got. So just because it's more advanced than you'd expect doesn't mean that it's not. Well, no, but the question the question is actually asking about whether he knows about advanced yeah, yeah, technologies. Yeah. And the answer could be yes, because we are inventing them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and the United States are generally ahead of everybody else when it comes to technology. So particularly military tech. So I would say, of course. So that's almost uh, like a pointless question. And the answer is is baffling. But mm-hmm. the answer is simply yes. Moscovich, do you have knowledge or do you have reason to believe that there are programs in the advanced technology space that are unsanctioned? So, again, he's not asking about aliens here. He's just asking about unsanctioned technology. Mm-hmm. So the Grush. first question was aliens. Second two questions have been not. Oh, no, yes. the first question oh, was. Yes, yeah, it was. Yeah. Yes, I agree. And yeah. after that, he's moved on. Correct. So, yeah, he does, he does have knowledge of uh, unsanctioned technology. But again, nothing to do with aliens, mm-hmm. necessarily, anyway. Uh, Moscovich, and when you say that they're above congressional oversight, what do you mean? Now, I'm not going to read the answer here because it's, again, it's just a load more word salad, really. He starts with the, the answer, complicated question, and then goes on to talk about all sorts of things. Um, doesn't really answer that question Moscovich goes in a bit deeper how does a program like that get funded so he's basically asking a more direct question and Grush says I will give you generalities I can get very specific in a closed session but a misappropriation of funds so I think this is this is what Mm. the, the congress are very concerned about is that there's money going into a kind of pot here that is then getting siphoned off into something else uh moscovich does that mean that there is money in the budget that is said to go to a program but it doesn't and it goes to something else grush says yes i have specific knowledge of that yeah um and then moscovich do you think u.s corporations are overcharging for certain technology they're selling to the u.s government and that additional money is going to programs grush says correct through something called IRAD. I didn't look up what IRAD was. Um, But I think that's quite interesting. Now, Moscovich is a Democrat. So I'll come back to that that point, but just just hold that thought. But actually, most of this interchange is about misappropriation of funds, advanced technology that is being done behind closed doors that we don't really know about and that isn't having any oversight mm-hmm. that's not really i don't think that's really alien related as you say there's that's, one question there that yeah. was. and i look down and i see she had a knife right at my back and of course now i'm banging on the door and the ra comes running from the computer in the hallway and opens the door and i sprinted three stairs at a time up to my room 
Yeah, the culture at Bob Jones University is very much like other religious institutions. They created a shame structure. These structures are intended to keep people within the boundaries of what the group of the cult wants them to be in. I was followed a lot my freshman year, second semester, because I got what was called socialed. The RA, the resident assistant on my hall, would follow me around from classes. Being able to say that's Satan, being able to say something's controlling you in a negative way so that you have to then dismiss those drives and you have to dismiss your anger and the resentment, etc., is um, it's like tying someone's hand behind their back because you're not teaching people how to address it. Surviving Bob Jones University of Christian Cults is a thought-provoking podcast series that delves deeply into the history of Bob Jones University, the psychology of fundamentalism, the criteria for cults, and survivors' experiences. The series is premiering August 23rd, 2023. Please spread the word and leave a positive review to help other listeners like you find the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, you can support it by becoming a patron. You can support the podcast for just £1 or $1.50 and receive a variety of Patreon benefits as a thank you. Don't forget to share the podcast, follow, like, subscribe and rate the podcast on the podcast app you're using. A review is particularly helpful as it gets us recognised by new listeners. And finally, if you'd like to reach out to us and tell us about some court hacking you've been involved in or you just want to say hi, you can do so by going to courthackers.com and using the contact form. We love hearing from our court hackers. Thank you for listening and now back to the podcast. Okay, so what's he worked on? Um, Moscovich asks what I think is a really good question. Okay, satellite imagery. Let's talk about satellite imagery. We have satellites all over the place, some that we're aware of and many that we're not aware of, right? We're taking pictures of everything at every point and second. Mr. Grush, are you aware? Do you have direct knowledge or have you talked to people with direct knowledge that there are satellite imagery of these events? So what do you think about that question? That's a good question, wasn't it? It is a great question. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got all this this technology that's pointing towards the yeah. Earth, surely. <laughs> it should see it. Well, given, yeah, it's not just happening in someone's bedroom exactly. when, you know, it's happening in the open, supposedly. Exactly, yeah. And Grush answers, that was one of my primary tasks at NGA. Since we process, exploit and disseminate that kind of information, I've seen multiple cases, some of which, to my understanding, and of course, I left NJ in April, so that's my information cutoff date. But I personally reviewed both what we call overhead collection and from other strategic and tactical platforms that were, I could not even explain prosaically. And I have a degree in physics, by the way, as well. And I'm aware that you guys have not seen these reports, unfortunately, and I don't know why. <laughs> Just said a bunch of stuff. <laughs> so... I, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm just um, being horrible to this guy who is clearly, you know, is in a, a very stressful setting. He's sat um, talking to Congress with a bunch of cameras pointed at him. So, of course, it's difficult. But 
Um, yeah, but it, you know, it's the thing you know when people prefix why they're clever and right because of like, well, I've got a physics degree. Physics <laughs> degree. Um, and okay. it comes, he, he said that more than once, and that that is something that um, it's it's the energy of uh, when I used to work in um, retail, and people would say, "I'm a businessman." before they tell me the thing that they want. <laughs> uh, and you're just like, cool. And So I think what the answer is saying is, yes, he's seen some things, but it doesn't really make that clear. I, I, I'm not 100% sure about that. He doesn't really explicitly say that, yes, I've seen photographs of craft that were taken from satellites. So... You know, now there have been one or he's two. He's basically things. said there's things he's seen that he couldn't explain, and like yeah, I don't know why you right. guys haven't seen it, which is yeah, that's it. That's a, a good weird thing. Of it. Yeah, so. we've seen one or two um, videos released um, that have made mainly of orbs, fairly small orbs. I love um, an orb. Sort of, just sort of flying, um, <laughs> but again, it's it's really hard to know what we're looking at. Um, Next question. Do you have direct knowledge or have you spoken to people with direct knowledge that this imagery applies to crash sites, crash imagery? Oh, that's interesting. What does David Grish say? I can't discuss that in an open session. Now, again, not trying to be hard on the guy because he may, it may well be that he cannot answer that question. Um, but it, it it is frustrating. Uh, Mr. Moscovich, okay, do you have any information that the US government is involved in a disinformation campaign to deny the existence of certain UAPs? UAPs. There is no S on the end of UAP. Uh, David Grush, I can't go beyond what I've already stated publicly in my News Nation interview because it touches other sensitivities. Um, and that, that's it. He, he gives up at that point. Um so yeah, bit uh, sort of disappointing. There's nothing really that comes out of that. Um, okay, and now we get a, a Republican, um, a woman, um, a representative called Fox. She says, Mr. Grush, in your sworn testimony, you state that the United States government has retrieved supposedly extraterrestrial spacecraft and other UAP-related artifacts. You go so far as to state that the US is in permission in possession of non-human spacecraft and that some of these artifacts have circulated with defense contractors. Several other former military and intelligence officials have come forward with similar allegations, albeit in non-public settings. However, Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, the director of Arrow, previously testified before Congress that there has been, and I quote, no credible evidence thus far of extraterrestrial activity or off-world technology brought to the attention of the office. To your knowledge, is that statement correct? So how would you interpret what uh, Representative Fox is asking there? Well, just, you know, you, you've said that there's wreckage in ships that we have. Is that true? But mm. Arrow is saying that we haven't. There isn't. Yeah. So, so who's telling the truth? Who's telling the truth is basically what she's asking, which I think is a, another really good question. Um, so she's basically saying, we've been told that this that there is no credible evidence of extraterrestrial activity. Is this statement correct? Grush says it's not accurate. I believe Dr. Kirkpatrick mentioned he had about 30 individuals that have come to Arrow thus far. A few of those individuals have also come to Arrow that I also interviewed. So basically he's calling Kirkpatrick 
a liar, or at least his department's a liar. So this is a very clear disagreement between Grush and Kirkpatrick, who's the official... It's difficult, though, in terms of in the open at the moment, as far as we've gotten at this point, there isn't there isn't anything. Do you know what I mean? So if if there is undercover, that's one thing. But in the open, there isn't anything. You know. I guess I guess when you get to Congress and you're you're giving testimony, if you say no, there's no evidence for this at all, then either either there isn't any evidence, which makes Grush his testimony not true, or it means that you're lying, or it means that you genuinely think there's no evidence, you haven't seen it, but another department within the pentagon has so i think there's three possibilities there anyway so there is a difference of, of view on this um fox says but my understanding is that his statement is accurate she's she um i'm going to use a word that you use quite a lot she's getting quite sassy here which mm-hmm. i think is quite fun she says but my understanding is that this statement is accurate it came from a direct quote and this contradiction is a perfect example of why we need to inject transparency into our government and for another example, look no further than the pitiful response to the Chinese spy balloon debacle earlier this year. And then she goes on and on about the Chinese spy balloon, which has got <laughs> nothing to do with it. But she is a Republican and she wants to put the boot into Biden and his um, government. But um, I actually think before she got to that bit, actually, that was quite a good question. Um, I suppose the point that she's making is we need transparency. And I think that's the other thing that is is really clear. Okay, I'm nearly done with the testimony, but I think this is really important because this will help us to understand um, exactly what's said. And then we can sort of get a bit deeper. Right. Okay, I want to talk about the bodies of aliens and the physics bit now. So we've now got somebody called Mr. Burleson, who's Mm. a Republican. He says, "Okay, so there has been activity by alien or non-human technology and or beings that has caused harm to humans? Question mark. David Grush says, I can't get into the specifics in an open environment, but at least the activity that I personally witnessed, and I have to be very careful here because they tell you never to acknowledge tradecraft. So what I personally witnessed myself and my wife was very disturbing. I have no idea what what he's talking about here also tradecraft i don't yeah i mean i guess this is to do with um what they call ways and means or at least you know so some of the things that you're able to do Mm. with your technology so you can't talk too much about your technology or the way you do things Mm. um but i don't know why his wife comes into it unless she's experienced um some i don't know unless he lived on site and yeah or unless he's getting mixed up with um because he talks about some of the backlash that he's had for Mm. coming forward which has been dangerous to him and his family so it could be that but it doesn't kind of make sense anyway um burleson comes back okay one of my constituents actually sent this next question and i figured i'd ask it since i had the same thought you said that the u.s has intact spacecraft you have you said that the government has alien bodies or alien species. Have you seen the spacecraft? That's a good question. David Grush says, I have to be careful to describe what I've seen firsthand and not in this environment, but I could answer that question behind closed doors. So we're not really getting anything out of that. 
And have I don't you understand see- why this man has agreed to like come do this in some ways because he can't really answer a lot of the questions. And like I said, he's already yeah. said all of this. So what's the yeah. point? Well, it's because yeah. he was he was subpoenaed, I guess, or asked to come, told to come mm. to this hearing. He's not going to say, "Well, I've got nothing to say." I've already said <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I've said it all. Watch my interview with News Nation. Mm. <laughs> I don't think they like it when you say things like that. Mm. Um, so anyway, I don't really. Again, that's a bit of a strange one. Have you seen any of the bodies? David Grush says that's something I've not witnessed myself, so he's not seen any of the bodies. Mister so Burleson, I guess that the, the only thing you could say is he says when he's not seen something. So I guess when he says I can't talk about that, that's basically saying yes, but I can't talk about it. I guess you could take that assumption. Well, that I guess that's an assumption that I suppose somebody promoting this as a worldview would want you to take but actually he's not saying that so and this is what i mean about listening carefully to what people are saying he's not saying that he's just saying i can't talk about it Mm. yeah no i mean i'm not saying i believe it but i'm saying maybe that's what the goal is because he'll say when he hasn't but he won't say when he has but that's that's an easy tactic if you want to um create a false narrative because all you need to do is you know, say what you want to say. And then when somebody asks you an awkward question, you just say, oh, I can't talk about that, I'm afraid. And then people will automatically assume, oh, he has seen them then, you know. Um, but that's not what he's saying. He's just saying, I can't talk about it. Um, okay, so this is the next um, interchange. I've described it as a clown car interchange. Um, Wonderful. So this is Mr. Burleson. Okay. And so with that being said, and the other statement that has been made that was intriguing to me, and it's intriguing because my view has been that we are billions of light years away from any other system. And the concept that an alien species that's technologically advanced enough to travel billions of light years gets here and somehow is incompetent enough to not survive Earth or crashes is something that I find a little bit far-fetched. And with that being said, you have mentioned that there's interdimensional potential. Could you expound on that? So I'll come back to some We've of the... hit the dimensions, I knew We've it. We've hit the dimensional questions. Mm. Um, let me just tell you what Grush's reply is. He says, yeah, to, your, to answer your first question, and I'm here as a fact witness and expert, but I will give you a theoretical framework, at least to work off to espouse crashes. Regardless of your level of sentience, Planes crash, cars crash in a number of sorties. However, high, a small percentage is a small percentage are going to end in mission failure, if you will, as we say in the Air Force. And then in terms of multidimensionality, that kind of thing, the framework that I'm familiar with, for example, is something called the holographic principle. It derives itself from general relativity and quantum mechanics. And that is, if you want to imagine 3D objects, such as yourself casting a shadow onto a 2D surface, that's the holographic principle. So you can be projected, quasi-projected, from higher dimensional space to lower dimensional. It's a scientific trope that you can actually cross literally, as far as I understand, but there's probably guys with PhDs that we could probably argue about that. So the first bit, I think, is, okay, he's answering the question, um, and the question is, if these guys have come all this way and they're so much more advanced than us, why do they keep bloody crashing? Which I think is a sort of fair enough question. If they're so advanced, why do they keep crashing? And the answer is, yeah. you know, everything crashes at some point. You know? <laughs> so basically, mm-hmm. 
but I do but think there's, there's a question. there's got to be such an exceedingly large amount of crashes. Well, that's, there's no for there's it got, to be a, It's got to be like every time they crash constant. To, yeah, but either either that yes, that's right. Either they're really bad at flying these things, or they are everywhere. You know. So if you're saying statistically, yeah, statistically yeah. a certain percentage will will um, will crash, then that means you know because we've got we have hundreds of thousands of aircraft every day taking off and landing successfully in the world. And when there's an air crash, there's like, that's a big deal. Um, I don't know off the top of my head what the percentage of crashes are, but it's, it's minute. Um, According to trip.com, there are approximately 100,000 flights per day around the world. And according to flyfright.com, there was a one in 3.37 billion chance of dying in a commercial airline crash between 2012 to 2016 there was a 1 in 20 million chance of being on a commercial airline flight experiencing a fatal accident from 2012 to 2016 that would mean that you'd have to be looking at hundreds of thousands of of sorties Mm -hmm. into our atmosphere Um, Mm -hmm. but anyway so it is a kind of good question and I don't think it's answered very well. Um, but then the real, first of all, the um, the question around they're traveling billions of light years away. Um, the Milky Way is only 53,000 light years across. <laughs> the, observable, past the, Milky the observable universe is only 93 billion. And enough of them across. are coming from past the Milky Way to crash this regularly as well. <laughs> So it's a really bad question. Maybe it meant billions of miles. I don't know. But then we get this um, this delving into physics. And this is something that he's talked about before. He said about this multidimensional thing. When he was asked on the News Nation interview about whether these were aliens, he didn't want to call them aliens. He He said he didn't want to say what they were. And he hinted again at this this multi-dimensional thing and that is relevant to something else we're going to talk about later because mm-hmm. i think this this tells you something about his belief system okay and and if we are going to look at this from a cultic and a religious perspective and a belief perspective i think this is absolutely relevant because this this guy is saying something that comes from a place of he has no knowledge around this clearly um so I, I did talk to our friendly um, scientist about this. Um, so I spoke to to Thomas, um, our physics guru, and um, his his question was, well, you know, um, just because you've got a physics degree doesn't mean that you know about this stuff. It's a very specialised area. Um, and he's absolutely right. There's also um, a... It's one of the hardest fields. It's quantum field theory, isn't it? It's yeah. like notoriously really, really difficult. Um yeah, <laughs> but. but it's really only um, so Avi Loeb, who some of our listeners, if they're still with us, they they may well know <laughs> who Avi Loeb is. Avi Loeb is a he was if he's not still um, the head of um, cosmology, I think I, mean, I could get this wrong at Harvard. Um, he's a very respected scientist, but he has kind of gone off on a bit of a limb. He's um, he's investigating what he thinks might be um a meteorite or possibly alien wreckage that fell into a um into the sea he's he's 
gone on this mission. So, you know, this is a guy that is willing to think outside the box. Mm. But I mean, his response to that when that was put to him um, on the news was that's completely inappropriate. That has got no. nothing to do with it whatsoever. And you can tell this is Star Trek version of interdimensional travel. This does not have any relevance to science whatsoever. No, it does, it does feel a little bit like when I was told about someone that in their presentation once started talking about Star Trek and like phasing. Um yeah. it it does give that energy. And it you and might it as feeds well talk into about subspace. Yeah, rerouting. It does kind of um it for me, like I said, it feed, it feeds into the like here's when it let's just throw I'm going to throw it in early and you might have more to say on this but um it, it feels like culty in the way of like presenting yourself as an expert or a guru in something you know like with the whole Nixium Ranieri thing you know being sort of positioning yourself as you probably have some knowledge but positioning yourself kind of further ahead than you are um and then, yeah, like you said, sort of swerving and bypassing questions, but in like a potentially interesting, mysterious, oh, what does that mean kind of way? And you just wonder, like, yeah, as we've spoken not long ago about the kind of, um, I'm not going to go full on the word, but full of yourself-ness, you know, mm. kind of a bit, a bit nasty. <laughs> You know, yeah. So to believe yeah. to, to believe you could uncover all of this with like you know, and that you've come up with like this, you've linked this grand theory to that. Do you know it's quite yeah. So I don't, I don't actually, I don't personally see it like that. I, I don't think he's being particularly grandiose. I just think he's doing what probably everybody does to some degree. Mm. Is you know, you always try to uh, big up your qualifications, don't you? Yeah, you know? of course. Um, and um, and I think he's trying to increase the level of credibility about what he's saying, but. But this is what you get when you have an interchange between people that actually don't really know what they're talking about. So actually what mm. he was there to talk about was what he knows and what he doesn't know mm -hmm. about these and they've uh, gone reports. Off He's the gone off end. on the tangent into interdimensional travel. But I do think that is quite telling. Um, I don't necessarily think that it's coming from him that he wants to pretend to be some sort of... Um, you know guru or anything but i think this is coming from a, a wider worldview that i will talk about mm -hmm. um a bit later on so yeah um, let's get on to the human biologics and that and that's the the last interchange that i'll talk about um so david grush says as i've stated publicly already in my news nation interview biologics came with some of these recoveries because mm -hmm. he was asked about whether um, bodies were found so that's his answer um this is ms mace uh who's a republican she says were they i guess human or non-human biologics so she's trying to get a bit more information from him and he says non-human and that was the assessment of people with direct knowledge on the program i talked to that are currently still on the program that doesn't necessarily mean aliens even if non-human there are things in this world that are non-human and we have put we have put animals in spaceships before <laughs> i just want to say don't put it past humans to put non-humans inside of things <laughs> you yeah, know absolutely right yeah absolutely so um but the, the use of this word biologics and again it's so a really weird word i can imagine that is. i guess she's trying to like yeah 
mirror what he's saying to get the answer you know like if someone says something you kind of you know repeat yeah. to them but, but i can it's imagine it's it's quite a weird odd sci-fi term <laughs> yeah i mean I, I guess he doesn't it's because he doesn't want to say aliens again this is why does he not want to say aliens it's because he believes he believes they're not aliens. This is this is my so uh, this is just my take on it. Does he think they're us in the future? Like... Uh, no, I think he thinks they're coming from another dimension. Like we've said, oh. so um, if you believe that we have dimensions that live essentially within proximity to us, but in a different dimension, then they could move into our dimension in and out of it at any time. But this is sci-fi. There is no science to this. Um, I won't I won't embarrass myself by trying to tell you what I know about multi-dimensions, but this has got nothing to do with the ability of people being able to live in different dimensions and travel across them. This is this is science fiction. I mean, you might as well make anything else up, you know. It's it's not based in any science. Um anyway, that's um that's that's it. So that's that's so obviously... is it is alien not the f- a fine term? Even if that were true, they're still not from this dimension. Then, but yeah, anyway, it's all very interesting, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. It's true. You could still call them aliens, couldn't you? But um, mm. um, when I tell you a bit of the background to some of this stuff, then it might make a bit more sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Now I want to talk about some reporting by a reporter, a journalist called Stephen Greenstreet from the New York Post. And I want to talk about him because he's quite interesting. When we did our last podcast about this over two years ago, of course, I got kind of hooked on it, a bit interested. I started listening to podcasts and YouTube channels and stuff um, without going down, you know, the complete sort of crazy uh, town but um, I, I still think it's interesting so I started to watch some stuff and I came across this channel on YouTube called The Basement Office which had host Stephen's Gre- Stephen Greenstreet from the New York Post talking to Nick Pope of Ancient Aliens fame former MOD Ministry of mm. Defence UFO investigator they call him the British Mulder um, he was also the author of a book called open skies closed minds which was released um i think just before the turn of the century believe it or not Mm. and i bought that book just after leaving jehovah's witnesses um so i was kind of interested in him and so um this was nick pope and him talking about these sorts of things so it was all about and and a lot of the stuff revolved around atip and um Luis Elizondo, hopefully remembered who he was and um, all these things that were happening at the time. And I think that was a lot of what we talked about in our podcast was based around some of this stuff. Um, And when you're so you can go back and watch these episodes um, called The Basement Office and you can listen to them talk about all these things. And this is the story, really, that we had at that time. So I'm going to tell you the story that we had when we did our last podcast. And from about 2017 up to that point, this is what we thought we knew. It was on these episodes of, um, of various different YouTube channels and um, and so on. So I'm going to tell you it as we think, as we thought it was. And I think a lot of people still think it is. So this is the timeline. Okay. So in 2007, 
At the behest of Senator Harry Reid, the Pentagon, via the Defense Intelligence Agency, creates a UFO program called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, or, or ATIP. So this matches Luis Elizondo coming on and saying, I was the director of ATIP. The second director of ATIP was one Luis Elizondo, who is a counterintelligence officer at the Pentagon, and ATIP was funded with $22 million to do their work. The Pentagon awarded the $22 million to a company called Bass. So obviously there's a program called ATIP, but in order to get anything done, they need to get people to actually do the work, and they do this through using contractors. This is what they do. So they take on a contractor called Bass, B-A-A-S-S, which stands for Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies. And they were told to perform the studies that ATIP wanted into UFOs. Bass is funded by, happens to be funded by millionaire and longtime Harry Reid supporter, Robert Bigelow, who himself is a lifelong UFO hunter. So let's just pause there for a moment. We've got Harry Reid, who is a senator. He starts a program called ATIP, and it just happens that his, his supporter, um, Robert Bigelow, his company gets the big contract of $22 million to do this work. Bit bit neppy, isn't it? Bit nepotism. So I think there was some <laughs> eyebrows raised about that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this was kind of out in the public domain. In the Bass team, so this is the Bass team, this is this um, contractor. So in this team includes a guy called Hal Putoff, strange name, but it is a real name. Now, he was a former member of the Church of Scientology, and he also claims to be a psychic. He was a friend of Yuri Geller's. Putoff was involved during the Cold War in what's now known, and this is public domain, known as the Stargate program. No, not um, not the film going through portals, but this was mm-hmm. a program where they were trying to develop psychic spies to beat the Russians. Okay. Yes. I'm not making this up. Nobody's (laughs) making this up. This was actually happening. Mm -hmm. And it was shut down after obviously not getting any results. It was a failure. Um, Okay. So that's 2007 to 2012. Then ATIP is investigating UFOs by using this contractor um, that I've mentioned called Bass. In 2012, the Pentagon pulls funding and shuts it down. So between 2012 to 2017, despite losing the funding, Elizondo claims to have kept ATIP going, staying as the programme director. So he carries on as a programme director, although he's got no money. I was going to say, how do they do any of that without the money, given how much money they were using? <laughs> yeah, so the, the as I'll talk about later, the, uh, the accusation really is that nothing was really happening it was just a basically a pet project that he was doing in his spare time but anyway that's we'll come we'll come to that so elizondo then in 2017 resigns from the pentagon frustrated about not being taken seriously so i guess that kind of makes sense you know he's 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 the director of a program that's got no money i guess if he thinks it's important that must be frustrating um in 2017 after his resignation elizondo and put off take the story so elizondo the former director put off one of the members of this bass um contractor 
they take this story to none other than Blink-182 singer Tom DeLonge. That's not where I thought you were going, I'll be yeah. honest with you. So he's the man that you definitely want to go to if you want to investigate UFOs. Tom DeLonge used to be in a band called Blink-182. Mm. Um, most of our listeners will probably know some of their songs, but he's been interested in UFOs for years. I guess he's got some money. Um, and he's started this thing called To The Stars Academy, TTSA. In 2017, TTS, TTSA do a press event with Tom DeLong, Louis Elizondo, Hal Putoff, a guy called Chris Mellon, who's a former intelligence um, defense um, official and other officials. And here is where Elizondo is introduced for the first time. It's a bit of a ragtag band of It's quite strange, people, isn't it? Isn't it? I want to repeat that I'm really I'm using the the reporting here of Stephen Greenstreet, and um, but I don't think there's anything here really that's not on public record. So it's not like it's controversial. Actually, if you look for it, you'll you'll find it. I, obviously, somebody could tell me I'm completely wrong about it, um, and we might get visited tomorrow by aliens, and that would blow everything out of the water. But anyway, so DeLong also in this same um, event, he announces that he's going to build a futurist futuristic spacecraft. Uh, with an exotic propulsion mechanism that will revolutionise the world. And we see a picture of it. It looks really cool. Exotic. <laughs> you are? Exotic, like exotic. it's like a pineapple. But, you know. No, it means a propulsion system we've never seen before. So I know, but like I it's just a weird Anti-gravity, um, I would say. Exotic. Chris Mellon, this former official, Defence oh. official reveals a new amazing UFO case with a large picture of the UFO behind him. And he says at one point, this object soars to 80,000 feet, hovers, then drops at supersonic speeds, coming to a full stop. How did it accomplish these feats, he asks. It was later reported to be a party balloon. If you see the pictures of this it, is it glorious. does look like a first birthday party balloon glorious <laughs> so i guess my question at this point and if you want to wait to answer this in this in the in the way you've anticipated then fine but the question i always ask around cult leaders but i'll ask it in a bit of a different way for these people do they believe it themselves or is it just the great question it's a yeah. great question i i think a lot of these guys are true believers i really do think that but i want to i want to come back to that it's a great question okay, okay. let's hold that hold, yeah. hold on to it um okay ttsa to the stars academy introduces elizondo to long-term ufo researcher leslie kane leslie kane again if you're into ufos you'll know who leslie kane is she writes books about it she's been doing it for years um She's also the one that ends up writing the New York Times article with some of the um, people as well. She interviews him and publishes two stories in the Huffington Post. And then in October 2017, she reaches out to Ralph Blumenthal, another UFO researcher, quite well known. He pitches the story to the New York Times. And in 2017, December 2017, the New York Times releases their story as well as Politico which includes some of the films by the US Navy and so on. So it's at that point, really, that everything gets to be known. And when we did our episode about this, I think that's really where the state of play was. That's kind of what we knew um, at that point. 
obviously the controversy around Harry Reid and Bigelow and all that probably wasn't understood very much, but but it was, you know, it was there if you looked for it. Now, Stephen Green Street, um, I keep referring to him because it's only fair because he's the guy that's done all the work on this. And I will put the links to his YouTube channel on there. Remembering that he was a bit of a believer himself. This is the guy that did the basement office with, with Nick Pope looking at all this stuff. He he had Alessandro Alessandro on his show talking about this. So, you know, this is a guy that's it up for it, really. Um, but he's been looking at, at actually what's happened. And, and he his claim is that, okay, so that's what we thought had happened, but this is what really happened. And again, it's not just his word for this. Um, you, we can find out by the people themselves. So let me go through this. Some of it's the same. Some of it, though, is different. Right. There's a bit of confusion about the name for a start. A guy called Gr John Greenwald, who's quite a well-known... Um, he's a guy that likes to get information from the government. He wants to make everything public. So he does lots of Freedom of Information Act requests where he gets the information. He puts it on his website. He also has a YouTube channel. He notices that the name isn't quite right. So sometimes ATIP stands for aviation, the A in the second A stands for aviation. Sometimes it stands for aerospace. So that doesn't kind of make sense. There's other discrepancies. When it started, 2007, 2008, 2009, different people say different things. But the next thing is, is probably the most important bit is that the Pentagon say Elizondo had no responsibilities in relation to ATIP whatsoever. Right. So let's look at, at mm -hmm. actually what happened there. So actually... In October 2021, the first director of ATIB is actually revealed. Remember I said that Elizondo said he was the second director. Oh, he yeah. didn't know who the first director was. So we find out at this point who the second director is. Mm -hmm. He's somebody called James Lekatsky. Mm -hmm. Lekatsky, a guy called Colm Keller and a guy called George Knapp. Again, if you're into UFOs, you'll know these people. They together publish a book called Skinwalkers at the Pentagon. An insider's account. Coming <laughs> it's coming together. Which is um, this is a subtitle: an insider's account of the, of the secret government UFO program. In this book, so this isn't Green Street's reporting. This is actually in the book that the first director of ATIP actually says. In this book, it says that the story we've been told is wrong. They say that they mistakenly said the program was called ATIP and that Elizondo was the director. Both are wrong. Actually, what was set up at the Pentagon was something called ORSAP. According to Lekatsky, Keller and Knapp, that what actually happened was, okay, so this is what happened. 2008, at the behest of Senator Harry Reid, the Pentagon, through the Defence Intelligence Agency, set up a, a programme not called ATIP, but called ORSAP. ORSAP stands for the Advanced Aerospace Weapons Systems Application Program. <laughs> We've actually got documents. Green Street shows us these documents. Okay. According to those documents and Reed himself, Lekatsky, so this is important. This is the first director of the program, whether you want to call it ATIP or ORSAP, 
in a way, it doesn't matter. The first director was a believer in UFOs and other paranormal phenomena and wanted a program to investigate it. Mm. Um, Senator Reid, he convinces Senator Reid about this and Senator Reid says he would support the program, but they couldn't make it too obviously about UFOs. It was explicit that they should find a way of making it more sciencey, basically. <laughs> and so they made it all about advanced weapons, hence the name Advanced Aerospace Weapon System Application Program. Mm. So you've got the first director who really wants to study the paranormal and UFOs goes to Reed and says, I want to do this. And Reed says, no, we can't call it that. We can't say we're, we're studying that because nobody's going to want to fund us with that. So let's just say it's about advanced weaponry. Yeah. Um, remembering that this was funded to the tune of $22 million, which was awarded to Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Studies, Space Studies. Big money for something that they had no intention of doing. Well, you know, it's kind of, um, I guess you could, if you wave your hands around quite a bit, you could say it's, you know, maybe some weapons might come out of it. But really what was being studied was... Um, was ufos and the paranormal the documentary evidence of this don't forget included at bass this contractor that's been awarded 22 million dollars is hal Putoff, dr colin kelleher and dr eric davis he's an astrophysicist who's published papers about teleportation time travel through wormholes and spoon bending um and there's other members of this team i've already mentioned Putoff, who's a ex-scientologist psychic so on the face of it it looks like a normal advanced weapons program but it's actually a program to study ufos and other paranormal phenomena and guess where a lot of these things were investigated have a guess celine where these things were investigated well this place where that thing you're watching was skinwalker ranch yeah that. utah owned by robert bigelow he owns this place. So it wasn't just a UFO program. It included investigations into ghosts, werewolf creatures, half dinosaur, half beaver hybrids, which Green Street dubs dino beavers. This, <laughs> this, this, is, this exceptional... is where the $22 million yeah. is going on. Um, mm. Colm Kelleher, who's a scientist Also, if on it's the program, in 2007, 2008, like financial crash, and then they get this massive amount of money to look at werewolves and ghosts and dinosaur <laughs> beavers yeah dino beavers um colin kelleher is one of the scientists on this program his idea and and you can actually hear his interview he talks about it his idea is to have a living laboratory on skinwalker ranch he calls it paranormal disneyland i don't want to know what that means paranormal <laughs> disneyland that sounds brilliant oh and and the thing is, Celine, is when you watch the program, I should say Bigelow doesn't own Skinwalker Ranch anymore. Um, but still, actually, the heritage, you know, the inheritance is that is what we're watching. Mm. We're watching a program about a paranormal Disneyland. It's got okay. all the, the hallmarks of it. Anyway, 2008, 2009, Orsap investigates stuff at Skinwalker Ranch. In 2009, the Pentagon starts pulling the plug, understandably, couldn't justify using taxpayers' money, hmm. um, and they shut it down completely in 2012. 
From 2012 to 2016, Lekatsky, remember the first actual director of what we now know as Orsap, he tries to secure new funding, fails, retires in 2016. Now, so why is this name ATIP and this name Orsap? Well, according to Lekatsky, ATIP was made up as a substitute name to describe Orsap. It's not quite clear why they did that. There could be something to do with making it difficult to find out what's going on. You know, if you ask for a freedom of information request for ATIP, then they, they can say, well, we don't we don't have one of those. Um, so it could be something to do with that. Anyway, um, 2012, after Orsap was shut down, it was kept going by Alessandro, though. He decides to use this new name or this nickname, ATAP. But it was unfunded and unofficial. So that's actually what happened. And I don't know what your thoughts are about that, but I find that fascinating. Which it's just bizarre, isn't it? Mental. <laughs> so <laughs> how do we get here? Is the is the next question. This is we'll tie it up now because I think we need to we need to wrap it up. But how did we get to the situation where you end up with um somebody standing in front of uh, in the House of Representatives saying some of this stuff. Mm. So you um, said you were going to link it all back. So I, I'm going to I'm going to try. Uh, mm. Right. Okay. So I think first of all, you've got the politics of it. You've got um, almost like uh, an environment that is ripe for this because you've got Republicans who distrust government. They have a fear of the deep state. Um, they worry about secret funding and are very concerned about congressional oversight. Uh, of course, I'm a Brit um, commentating on the USA political system, and I'm not doing this with any disrespect, actually. I, you know, I'm not saying any of this isn't important at all. Um, so I just want to get that out there. Um, I wish we'd talk about subjects like this in the UK more. Um, the Democrats, I suppose they're worried about a lot of those things as well, but they're also worried about business corruption. And that came out in some of the questioning, particularly AOC was asking about some of that stuff, you know, so a business is making money out of this, you know, they, so that's, that's also part we have of that it. question as to how they kind of got the funds places, exactly. you overcharging so that things could be exactly. ciphered places and yeah. so on. Yeah. So everybody's concerned about that, regardless of your political leadings, but perhaps for a slightly different reason. You've also got some true believers and you've got some grifters, I would say. Now I'm not going to, I'm not going to accuse um, anybody of which one they are, um, but you've got a, a bunch of people. That I do think some of them are actually true believers. You've got Harry Reid in this story. You've got Robert Bigelow. You've got James Lukatsky. You've got George Knapp. You've got Leslie Kane. You've got even people like Nick Pope and Stephen Greenstreet himself and anybody else who's interested in this and, you know, want to talk about it. So you've got some true believers, some grifters, some people that are just curious, I think. Um, you've also got YouTubers and podcasters talking about it. You've got reporters looking for stories. The New York Times and Politico sort of ended up running this story. And I think it's interesting how when David Grush came forward, did you notice that they did not pick up this story at all? And I think that's telling. Um but you've also got a new news station called News Nation who are trying to make a name for themselves. 
And they are all over this like a rash. I'm telling you, you know, you cannot look for any of this stuff without News Nation coming up. Um, so they are using this as a way to kind of get themselves into a conversation. Of course, the public are fascinated by this topic. We've got Ancient Aliens. We've got Skinwalker Ranch. We've got the X-Files, um, you know, going back a few years, still talked about. Um, and I think that's that's also part of it. And of course, we are interested. It is interesting. Um, a word about Skinwalker Ranch. For 60 years, a family called the Myers family lived at, at Skinwalker Ranch. They saw no UFOs or dino beavers. Um, it was bought then by a couple called Gwen and Terry Sherman. They buy the ranch. And within a very short order, they start making claims about all sorts of paranormal things happening. Ghosts, werewolves, interdimensional travel, all this sort of stuff. Um, of course, that attracts Robert Bigelow, who's a millionaire. He buys the ranch off them and sets up what's called NIDS, the National Institute for Discovery Science. He funds the team there. Of course, we know about the funding he gets. Just who's he got on his team? Hal Puttoff, former Scientologist, a friend of Yuri Geller. John Alexander, he's written about by John Ronson. Do you remember the, um, have you seen the film, The Men Who, Sk Who Stare at Goats? No, I haven't. So this is a film based on a book written by John Ronson about a military wing, actually again happened, run by John Alexander, who tried to create soldiers who could basically kill people just with their mind. And they would sit there staring mm. at goats to try and kill these goats with their mind. He was he was the guy that was into that. Um, Jacques Vallée, the man Steven Spielberg based his French character on in Close Encounters. Mm. These are the guys who are doing the research. These are the guys that believe in multidimensional travel between dimensions of these creatures, these ghosts, these werewolves. Are you um, saying these... that they're not to be believed? <laughs> I say they're not to be trusted, personally. Mm. Now, this has got nothing to do whether there are aliens on other planets. I firmly believe there are. Um, there's life on other planets, and I believe there's probably intelligent life. But that's not what we're seeing here. What we're seeing here is a belief system that somehow managed to get a lot of money to do this stuff. Um, and I think, so this is just my opinion. I could be wrong about this. But I think David Grush is likely to be the latest incarnation of this belief system that somehow has been allowed to grow within if not the pentagon washington and some of the military um but what we're not seeing is any actual evidence so i think what we're seeing here is a lot of stuff around belief a lot of stuff around a belief system and like we've talked about before on the podcast um the way we make sense of the world is very much based upon our beliefs and if you see something um you're going to interpret it based around what we think we know already if you believe in these interdimensional travelers um you know then then you're likely to to, to interpret lights in the sky mm. or funny feelings or you know and i haven't even got on to some of the stuff around skinwalker mm. ranch but 
Yeah. So that's um, Skinwalker Ranch is now owned by a guy called Brent Brandon Fugel, who's a millionaire Mormon sci-fi fan, another true believer as far as I can see. And if you watch Skinwalker Ranch, you can see it's basically, you know, it's it's starting from the premise that we're going to see something and every little thing they see. Mix it in with shaky cams and scary music and um, quick cuts from one thing to another, mm. you know. And what have you got at the end of this? So that's, yeah, that's it. I think I'm going to bring it to a close now, Celine, because I can tell you're tired. Our <laughs> listeners are probably tired too. Um, I could go on. But I'm fascinated in the topic. Some of our listeners might wonder why I'm going on about this. Is it really re- relevant? Um, I hope. I hope you've um, you've indulged me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. Very okay, good. we've done it. We've we'll revisit it. We've in two to three years. <laughs> yeah, and maybe by then we have been visited and we'll know the answers. But my prediction is, it'll be just more the same. More people selling books. We'll find out. There's just more. aliens falling out the sky constantly. <laughs> just absolute <laughs> devastation. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Well. Um, Thank you very much for indulging me, Celine. Thank you for indulging me, our listeners. Uh, we'll, normal service will be resumed <laughs> our next episode, but I do think it is at least tangentially relevant. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.